Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is David Meltzer, producer and host of Entrepreneur's Elevator Pitch and The Playbook. Hey, this is Trent Shelton, author of The Greatest You. And if you want The Playbook to explode your network, if you want to learn how to level up in life, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast. Build Your Network podcast. With my good friend, Travis Chappell. Travis Chappell. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chappell, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another topic episode here on the Build Your Network podcast. Today we are talking about mindset shifts. If you have been around this space for any length of time, you know how important developing the right mindset is. No matter what it is that you're trying to do, no matter what you're trying to be successful at, what industry that you're in, mindset is everything. Everything comes down to what we believe about ourselves and our capabilities and so much more. So can't wait to let you guys in on this episode. Mindset Shift with David Meltzer, Trent Shelton, and Tim Story. Three of the absolute best in the game to talk about this topic. David Meltzer, uh, man, uh, just such an amazing dude. Uh, brought him on the show a couple of times now. And uh, everything that this guy says, I'm always, whatever he opens his mouth, I'm always just captivated because he always has something good and valuable to say. He built up his portfolio to over $100 million before the real estate crash. And then afterwards, he lost everything 
and then literally figured out a way to overcome that and then do it all again. And now he's back on top of the game. And those types of people are the type of people that always attract good things into their lives. And he will talk about mindset shifts like no one else you ever heard before. And then we have Trent Shelton. Trent has amassed a following of millions and millions of people online, Facebook and Instagram, social media and things like that through his inspirational and motivational videos that he's created. And Trent and I have a fantastic conversation about this. And he, you will hear from his mindset shift in this as well. And then uh, Tim Story, who is a life coach to many, many, many household names like Robert Downey Jr. He's friends with Oprah and just uh, just an incredible guy that you would have no idea the type of connections and Rolodex that he has uh, when you shake his hand. But uh, the dude is all over the place. So David Meltzer, Trent Shelton, Tim Story, all here to talk about mindset shifts and how important they are to your career and what you are working on. Can't wait to get into that with you. And really quick, just to explain what these topic episodes are on the show, we do these topic episodes because we always talk about networking on the show, but we talk about individual stories all the time. So these topic episodes are a way to bring out one certain topic that a certain number of guests have touched on in the past. And then we put different, we cut up different pieces of those conversations and put them into one total episode. So that way you guys can hear everything. So if you listen to this and you're like, man, I, I love what this person has to say, just know that every person on these episodes has an entire full episode on previous episode of the podcast. So you can always go back and search and listen to their full interview. But really quick, before we get into this episode, if you're listening to this right now and you have not yet gotten your ticket to Build Your Network Live, make sure you go do that. That's buildyournetworklive.com. VIP sold out a little while ago. General admission is going to be selling out soon. So please, please, please do not hesitate on that. And over to buildyournetworklive.com and grab your spot right now. All right, that's it. No more ado. Now, uh, enjoy my episode, this topic episode on mindset shifts with David Meltzer, Trent Shelton, and Tim Story. It was really interesting, though, because I think there's another thing that I learned from my mom and the consistent behavior that I have. Most people call it work ethic. Mm -hmm. But my mom, she put everyone else first. And so she'd come home from teaching pack our dinners in a paper bag. We'd go into a country squire station wagon and the older ones would read to the younger ones. We'd all be piled in there and she would fill up turnstiles at the 7-Eleven. Now that story's really layered for me because one, you know, I believe parents don't tell kids what to do. They won't listen if you do, mm. but they show you. And I think all of us were there and she was showing us yeah. without complaining what she was doing. And I have this philosophy that you, you know, you don't do what you love there's no such thing. I think that you learn to love what you do. Mm. And everybody reverse engineers my life and they're like, oh, of course you loved all your jobs. You've done this, 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 and this. I'm like, look, let's be honest. When I graduated law school and started selling legal research online, there's a nobody in my law school that thought I was going to make millions of dollars. Yeah. And they all thought I was a moron. None of them were jealous of me. Not until I learned to love what I did and was great at it and made tons of money, did everybody want to come work for me? Tell me how lucky I was yeah, and how amazing right. it is. I think that's such an incredible point. Something that people are starting to ask me now is because I do currently do something that I enjoy doing. And that's why I started doing this because I was not doing, I, I was in door-to-door -door sales for six, seven years, like training, management, recruiting, selling, all that kind of stuff. And it was taught me a lot and great time freedom, good money, all that stuff. But I just, I didn't like it. So jumping into this, it was doing something that I really enjoyed doing. But exactly what you're saying, I think is a fantastic point because bottom line, I would rather be doing smoking a cigar, sitting on the patio in Cabo overlooking the ocean, <laughs> just about over anything else, you know? So like, ultimately, you're never going to just love every aspect of what you do. I just don't believe that. And you 
perfect example would like I always tell people go watch Dirty Jobs for a season with Mike Rowe. And he goes yeah. through all these different jobs. These people are like cleaning septic tanks, just the nastiest, filthiest jobs. But you watch them, they're just having a good time. And a lot of them make good money because nobody else wants to be in them. Like those people did not get into that for the love of the game. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. They learned to love it and built something out of that. So how can somebody listening right now do that with something if they're not sure exactly how to change their mindset about it? Yeah. So the difficulty of changing your mindset is you have to be able to find the light in anything. So when you derive purpose from what you're doing, then you can be passionate about it. So, you know, for example, when I graduated law school, I had law loans coming from a very, very poor family. I was deriving a purpose, right? My purpose was I wanted to buy my mom a house and a car. So I remember the recession, nobody was getting jobs, and I was praying to God that it, if he could give me a job that would buy my mom a house, buy my mom a car, and pay off my law loans— that I'd shovel shit with my hands for six days a week, 12 hours a day with grace. Hmm. Meaning I'd love what I did yeah. because it was tied to a purpose. And when you see people and you see them in these jobs and they, they work for me sometimes, they, but they're driven by a purpose. You know, I saw that my mom enjoyed what she did mm-hmm. because her purpose was she was going to create and let her family thrive. She was going to create a legacy through her children yeah. and she was going to empower her children And that purpose was greater than anything else, which allowed her to love the fact that we're all in a car. And I didn't know any difference because of the energy that she carried, right? I used a trash taking out example when I was little. I hated taking the trash out. And I purposely put this into place and said, I'm going to love taking the trash out because I put a purpose to it. Hmm. I said, I'm going to use taking the trash out as time to think about what I want, right? And Hmm. to make me happy. And so all of a sudden, instead of creating a negative energy resistance and shortages and voids and obstacles and taking the trash out... All of a sudden, my energy shifted about the trash because it was an opportunity for me to think about and really plan on what I wanted for myself and how to make me happy. So not only was I taking out the trash at home at the office and friend's house, but everybody around me saw my energy. And including my three teenage daughters who trash was like kryptonite to, who all of a sudden, my middle one, who never, ever would take the trash out, is like, hey, dad, can I get that for you? Yeah. She didn't do it because of any other reason than the energy and purpose that I had given the trash. It was calling her. Right, because it's just like if you're eating something, and say I was eating something delicious, and I was like, ah, right. But while I was doing, ah, my energy is, ah, but I'm eating it, and inside I'm like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> well, imagine the other, right? You got something, you're like, mm. yeah. Meanwhile, it's terrible, right? What are people going to do, right? They're going to go and, oh, can I have a bite of the, mm? right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what they do with energy when they feel the, mm, they're like, oh, can I? Can I participate? Can I get on, can I get in on that? Exactly. Yeah, right. And and it's just arbitrary and capricious. It's an illusion. It's what we infuse light into. It's how we find the light. In fact, if you hate somebody or you disagree with someone, the easiest thing to do is find a light. Find thinking that you do like about them. Look for the positive side. Understand where they're coming from and then pray for their happiness. Yeah. All of the negativity, destruction, death, all the disparate, barren feelings will go away. Yeah. Can you give us an example of that? Oh, yeah. So in my life, go back to where I came from. So I'm a multimillionaire and I am just investing. And one of my neighbors tells me that he's going to teach me condo conversion. And if I buy this condos for millions of dollars, he's going to teach me how to do this. Meanwhile, it ends up that he made a mistake. He thought it would have been converted already, which is called a white paper. That never happens. Well, instead of working it out, which he offered to work it out, right? I used my ego, my wife ego, everybody was attacking everybody, everybody, everybody. And initially when I went bankrupt, I blamed him. Hmm. My wife certainly did. And I hated him. 
And I was on a journey of trying to forgive him, but I will tell you that energetically I did. Yeah. I would tell people, man, that you know my bankruptcy is the best thing that ever happened to me. I learned so much. I'm going to be such a better person. It saved my life. It saved my marriage. Blah 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 blah. But I would go home and dream about pulling the guy's fingernails off in Tabasco. You know, like, yeah, right. Like that's right. the energy I was carrying. Mm-hmm. And so I started this mechanism of closing my eyes and I picture him and I'd find all the good things about him. Like he was a good dad. He was really good to the community. He sponsored this. He, and all of a sudden, all these things I started to remember that he did good to me mm-hmm. started to come out. Mm-hmm. And I would take that and I think about what I love the most, like a family member or my favorite hamburger or whatever yeah, it was. Right, right. And I take the light and I cover him and cover the same and then hold that light over me in an exercise with my eyes closed and nobody around until I felt my energy shift. And I will tell you, because people ask, you know, I'm a big believer in time is infinite. It took me nine years until I carry a true energy of forgiveness and gratitude towards the guy where I actually went up to him at a Chargers tailgate game and thanked him sincerely, energetically, sincerely. Sincerely is the key word there. Yeah, I really, and I still have that. I have no, you know, even if we were talking about him right now, five years ago, there'd be an elevated, if you yeah. had a brain test. You start me. getting all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You might not be able to see it, but yeah, right. your brain waves would go up and my tension <laughs> level. If you had a, you know, false right. thing. Right. You could do it now and you'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, this guy truly is, is at peace because he found the light. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, if things aren't going the way that you expect them to go, it's just a matter of understanding and praying for the, or putting faith into what you want, which is praying for someone's happiness. Yeah. So very simple formula. I don't understand what's going on. Try to understand it, yeah. but moreover, put faith in what you want out of the situation. Yeah, and that in this case, when someone that you don't like, pray for their happiness because if they're happy, they won't be attacking you. Yeah, you've you've said something recently that um, I thought was was really interesting, and that was there is no success tied to money, with like gaining it, losing it, which is totally contradictory to anything you hear, right? Everybody's always like, oh, successful equals this, unsuccessful equals this. Can you kind of expound on that and tell us more what you mean by that? Yeah, so for me, detaching my emotions from an outcome is very important, right? I want to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of my happiness. Hmm. Now, success isn't determined by money and money can't buy happiness, but what money can do is it allows you to shop. Right. And so if you're shopping for the right things, you're going to be happy. If you're shopping for the wrong things, you're not. But depending on what you want to shop for is determined upon how much money that you want. Now, you could be what other financially successful, meaning that you have more money than others. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't make you successful. Yeah. Right. I had more money than I ever dreamed of. And I think I was the biggest loser in all the time of my 51 years of life. The time that I had the most money was the time I felt I was the biggest loser. Yeah. So it was a large number. Over $100 million. Over $100 million that you're worth. And then it just goes gone (laughs) instantly. So now, obviously, you can laugh about it. You can joke about it. Back then, what were the emotions? Like, when was was the point where you were just like, damn. (laughs) You know what I mean? So two years before I went bankruptcy, I went through a quantum shift, right? My wife woke me, basically, to understanding that I was living my life the wrong way. And so for two years, I was starting to live my life the right way. And all of a sudden, things got too steep. And I was in that, wow, I really screwed this up. Now, my mindset had always already started to evolve and accelerate. So I wasn't in, I I would say, if I went bankrupt when my wife attacked me and told me she wasn't happy and all that, I probably couldn't have handled it at that time. But I had so much money at that time, and I started on the right path. 
that my mindfulness was prepared mm. for the bankruptcy. And I was practically the only one that wasn't worried. Like in my mind, it was math. I had already explored and learned and learned about the unconscious competency and realized that I carry an energy. I'm one of those people. You could take all the money in the world, dump it into a desert, and I'd be one that it keeps coming back to. Like I believe it goes back to the same people energetically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had great confidence that there was no accident nine months out of law school as a millionaire, no accident that I was a multimillionaire. And there's no accident that I lost it all, but it really didn't worry me yeah. because I knew how to make money. What I really wanted to learn was how can I be happy with making a lot of money? And two, how can I maintain that? And what came about is understanding that it all comes through me for others. I started creating complete fulfillment, purpose, and passion by being profitable because I had a newfound incentive that was endless. Yeah. Right? When things happen for you, you can have too much or enough. You're full. Right? That's what creates this empty feeling. Is yeah. that what, what do I buy now? Right. You know, like I know it sounds sick to say, but I was in that place where it's like to be happy. Okay, I'll buy more things, different things. And pretty soon it's like, this isn't it. But when it comes through you and there's more than enough of everything for everyone. And you're like, wow, like today I spoke at Thrive and I tried to inspire people to impact a billion people. Now, the crazy that might sound on one stage to impact a billion people, even though there's only 2000 people in the room may have seemed crazy. As crazy as 10 years ago when I told people that you could talk on a cell phone real time in color in China back and forth at very little charge of any. Yeah. And they said, that's impossible. (laughs) Well, some of the people out there, when I told them today that it's not impossible to impact a billion people, just follow me. If half of you today, 1,000 of you, if I can teach you in the next hour to empower another thousand, to empower another thousand, we just impact a billion people, right? Thousand times a thousand is a million, a million times a thousand is a billion. And all of a sudden, my crazy idea of talking across the world in color for very little charge to China is about as real as impacting a billion people. And I can't tell you how many people afterwards told me, man, we're going to change the world. One eighth of the world is going to be happy because I have a new mission. And I'm thinking to myself, this is amazing. What's up, everybody? Just want to take a quick second and give a shout out to my favorite new podcasting app, Himalaya. If you are not listening to podcasts on this app, you are definitely missing out. It's like a social media app, but for podcast listeners. Follow your go-to shows, like and comment on your favorite episodes, and download professionally curated playlists made just for you. So head on over to your app store or Google Play store, download Himalaya today, and then thank me later. Was there a time where you remember getting super clear on your purpose? Or was it just like you had your son and you you just knew that if something wasn't going to change, that he was going to end up like you and you didn't like that version of your son? Yeah. For me, it was once I started speaking, because, you know, I started making videos. I was, say, rehabish. I was doing, you know, some motivational stuff and then some just random stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, when I got really clear about, like, this is what I was created to do was me speaking on the stage to kids. And it was like, I don't know, three, four, five thousand kids seemed like 50,000. And um, I was just telling them, it was five minutes. I didn't want to do it. I wasn't a speaker. I was telling myself all these things. And, yeah. Got on stage, my friend Jonathan Evans, you know, pretty much forced me on there, talked me into it. And he's like, man, it's something that's good. Friend. Yeah, very good friend. I thank him to this day. And that's actually, I mean, the event tomorrow is with him. So oh, cool. um, it, it's funny because the event tomorrow is actually on the same stage. I'm telling the story now. So oh, it's like really? a full circle awesome. thing. So um, get on there and then I speak for five minutes and make a long story short. I realized, like, this is what I was created to do. Like, I forgot everything I prepared the night before. So literally, it was just me on stage sharing my heart for five minutes. And those yeah. kids, I mean, if you ever talk in front of kids, that's like the hardest audience ever oh, to yeah. talk in front of. And they were locked in. Yeah. And so I was like, 
this is like, it's something bigger here. I don't know what it is, but I know it's not football. And I was still trying to hang on to football. I was still trying to play arena lead, all these things. And so I completely let go of football in that moment. And I said, you know, I'm dedicating my life to go down this path. So rehab time was kind of the start of all of that. Yep. Right. What was your thought process in getting that started? And what was the medium that you were choosing to go through? Yeah. So my whole thought process was, it all starts with you. So it was, the thought process was, I have to believe it. I have to live it, breathe it, be it. So it was the work that I had to do on myself. I always say the most important work is the work you do offline, the work you do on yourself. Mm -hmm. Because when you really live it, I believe it becomes contagious and you can walk in confidence. You can walk with belief. Your input becomes your out. There you go. There you go. And so uh, it started with me doing that. And then it started with me picking up my phone, right? So I was like, I wasn't getting, once I realized, okay, I'm a speaker, right? And so I'm an author or whatever. I wasn't getting booked to speak or even, not even booked. I wasn't even getting invited to speak, (laughs) you know? So I'm like, what do I do? So back to networking, I reached out to people that I knew, some coaches. I'm like, I'm a football player. I know some teachers. Went back to my old high school, went back to elementary schools. Like, hey, I'll just share my story. I use the NFL thing to get in there. Mm -hmm. And I just started speaking for free as much as I could. And in that process, I was like, how can I reach more people? So I was like, social media. So I picked up my phone, iPhone, didn't have a camera set up besides that. And I just started making two-minute videos. And that's what started you know, what people see today. Yeah. You talk a lot about the value of consistency and especially in terms of creating content. I know a yeah. lot of people follow my, follow my show are also, you know, trying to get started with podcasts and, you know, YouTube channels and all these different content creation platforms and things. And I find that the number one killer of any of that is lack of consistency. Big time. What would you say? Big time. Consistency means you're reliable. And when you're reliable, you become trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And I tell people oh, all okay. the time, the reason that I get to do interviews like this, the reason I get to speak on stages, the reason people watch my videos, yes, it's because of the content, but it's more because of the consistency. I wanted to be a category king for self-worth. I want people thought of self-worth. I want to think of rehab time of myself. And so I decided to dedicate my mission to self-worth content. Yeah. And also with consistency, it's like even this as far as like with social media, when you're consistent, you become shareable. And I realized that because in order to beat the boogeyman, the algorithm, you yeah. had to become shareable, right? Shareable right. content. Right. So I asked the lady, I posted a video on Facebook and it was a five minute video. And the lady, it was like a whole bunch of people who shared it, right? And I'm like, it's been a minute and they already shared it. It's no way they watched the whole video. Mm-hmm. So at first I kind of like, y'all ain't watched the whole video. <laughs> and I thought I was like, that's crazy. And so I hit up, it was a lady. I, hit, I said like, why did you share this without watching the whole video? And she said, Trent, and it changed my mindset forever for consistency. She said, Trent, You've been so consistent for years. I already know that the message is going to help somebody. I want to be one of the first people to share it. And so (laughs) I have tons of people who do that. They literally will share it as soon as they see it. And then, you know, they'll watch it later. Right. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Like so wholeheartedly believe that because a lot in in a world where these one-off people become like famous overnight with this viral video and everybody's (laughs) going for that one, you know? So they create three videos and then they upload them and none of them go viral. And they're like, well, that doesn't work now. You know, like it's impossible. It's like, no, no, no. Their intention is wrong. There you go. Their intention is wrong. And it's funny when people ask me about that. And and one of the things I talk about is consistency. They ask me like, say, here's the major hack. And I tell them like, you just gotta be consistent. Like I've been doing this for 10 years. And they, it's like they get deflated. They're like, oh, like it's not, it's no secret. I don't want to be consistent. You know, I'm just like, that's how you do it. Yeah. You, you literally have to just, I mean, as simple as that sound, just be consistent over time. And when you're consistent, growth has to take place. Yes, yes, exactly. And again, bringing back what you said earlier too, the, the input thing, you have the consistency, but then what happens when you're consistent is you bump up your quality. Right? There you go. So like, that's what my whole mantra is like, consistent quality content with context. You put consistent quality content in front of the right audience, 
Like something will happen. That's right. I don't know how long it'll take and I don't know how big it'll get, but I promise you something will happen. But if you're missing any of those three things, if it's in front of the wrong people and you're not consistent or the, the quality is poor, like you can be consistent as hell. Yeah, like, poor, yeah. If it's not good, like it's not good. That's but true. the bottom line is when you are consistent, your quality is going to start getting better and better. Repetition. And better yeah, and better. sure. And then all those inputs that you're doing, like you were saying, like now I started reading books. Like I started listening to audiobooks. I started attending, you know, events and listening to speakers and downloading podcasts and all those different things. And then when you start consuming all of that, you can't help but like, put it back out there. That's right. Yeah. I think you would agree with this, that in life, some things we decide and some things we discover. And I think that so many people get so freaked out on the decision, like, man, I don't know what to do, or I don't know what's next. And as a life coach, yes, let's make decisions. A decision is a choice or a selection. So every day, we're making a lot of decisions. Um, where I'm going to go, how am I going to get there? What am I going to do when I get there? So life is all about choices. You would agree with that? Yes. So we got decision, but the thing that most people miss is the best part. That's the discovery. Is it the brilliant people that I meet in life and I get to meet the most brilliant minds in the world, 75 countries I've been to, people who like run the planet, most of them will tell me it was not in, in the decision, it was in the discovery. And I discovered as a young person that I loved the underdog. I, the kid that was chubby and we're running laps and he can't breathe, I want to find out why he can't breathe. The person who's hurting, I want to figure out what's wrong. Uh, noticing the homeless, even as a kid. So my calling was calling me. See, so your calling will call you. And my calling was the discovery of I love helping people. So that's what I became. Yes. So did you know exactly how that was going to flush itself out? Meaning like, did you know that you wanted to go to seminary and go more the spiritual route on that? Or how, like, how did that come about? I definitely did not. Because when I was a kid, going to church felt very churchy. And I felt like, oh, man, when is this going to end? But your family did go to church. You were a church going family. We were church going people since I was four. So okay. my mother was like, you got to go to church until you're 18. And But when I was probably about 17, I really developed this relationship with God where I, I feel like I connected with God on my own, which I think is so important. And so I connected with God on my own. And then my initial plan was to go to USC, and I could have. I had the grades for it. And I wanted to be a communications major and get in the entertainment business. So this is a very cool thing about life. So I'm thinking I want to get in the entertainment business, but also want to be a humanitarian. So I began to dialogue with some smart people, and they said, well, you might want to go to seminary. That's what Martin Luther King did. And you can you know, take classes, become a humanitarian, and then who knows what happens later? Hmm. Man, that's exactly what happened to me. So I go to seminary. I later on get a doctorate in world religion. And then look at me. I'm in the entertainment hmm. business. I do movies now. I do plays, I life coach the biggest celebrities in the world, I help own an entertainment company. Hmm. So did I know all that was going to happen at 18? Absolutely not. I just took that first step and then things begin to unfold slowly. Yeah, I think that our environment, and I think that you would agree with this, shapes us into who we're supposed to be. And I find it interesting that you had some people around you at 18 
who were able to give you that kind of advice that would actually lead into something? Who you, you said you said I got some good advice from some smart people. Who were those smart people? Is this just like some friends or family? Are these people that you got around to mentor you specifically? Actually, a, that's an excellent question. What happens? I think that for me, it all started off. Let's say sixth grade. My teacher, Mr. Probert, he said to me, Tim, I I really think you're brilliant. I like to expand you and get you to read some books outside of what you're reading. Hmm. And he turned me on to biographies. So many times when I'm doing these podcasts, people say, what books would you recommend? And I always say biographies. So when I read the, the story of Michelangelo, I read the story of Picasso, I began to see that they were guys like me or different women, Margaret Thatcher. They were people that were trying to find themselves, went through adversity, had ups and downs. So Mr. Probert was the first guy in sixth grade that turned me on to books. And then it was later in high school, a guy named Mr. Coles was one of my teachers, but he was also my basketball coach. He was again, man, Tim, you're just unique. You think different. You're going to be huge. I mean, this guy was telling me this junior and senior year of high school. And the key, though, is not about the ego, like, ooh, wow, I'm going to be huge. It was more of a confirmation to something that I always felt on the inside, but I never really voiced. Hmm. So I feel like a lot of people that are listening right now, you, you have always felt you're going to do something huge. Like when I asked Brad Pitt's mother, did you think Brad was going to do well? We were having lunch, and she said yes, and so did he. Robert Downey Jr.'s mother. Did you think Robert was going to do well? Yes, and so did he. Kanye West's mother, Donda, who was my great friend. She's now in heaven. Did you know Kanye was going to do well? Yes, and so did he. So in that wild, that you don't know how you're going to get there, but something in your knower knows you're going to do well. So I was fortunate enough to have teachers at the early age to help confirm, help, aid, mentor me to get better at that stage. Yeah, you know, I think that that's extremely fascinating. Do you, do you think that it is something that is kind of built within you? Like if you're saying this right now and somebody's listening and they're like, you know what? I've never really had those thoughts because I've never really felt that I've been the person that's capable of those things. Is that person just kind of like on the outside of that? Or is this something that they can start to really develop internally from a self-confidence point of view? Well, I, I deal with psychologists on a daily basis because of uh, life coaching, all these entertainers. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I don't screw them up worse than they are. <laughs> so I literally talk to at least one or two psychologists every day. So one of the things that we find is that there's, there's two ways to build confidence in a person. One is it's innate. If you talk to a Tom Brady, he always felt this innate confidence that I can do it. Michael Jordan, innate confidence. Any interview with Magic Johnson, innate confidence. Any interview with Jay-Z, innate confidence. So Kendrick Lamar, what does he say? I got royalty, got royalty inside my DNA. That's innate confidence. Hmm. So you got the innate, which is inside you. The second is you have your environmental. So even if it's not innate, if you're shy, if you were the the kid that was bullied, get you around the right environment and we're going to get the right results. In fact, I would almost rather take environmental strength than the strength that's just innate. 
because I find that the people that know that they've got it sometimes don't take the time to develop it as much. So if you like wake up as a kid and you sing like Christina Aguilera, you're probably going to get pampered most of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh my God, wait to hear Courtney sing. And right. little Courtney seven singing at Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. Nine singing at Christmas. Make sense? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that definitely rings a bell with me just because of, um, I grew up playing a lot of basketball and I saw some guys that were just, like you said, innately gifted, like just talented people. And um, I was never that way. I was always the kid that had to like go in and really work to be good, right? And even then I would still be a step behind just because I just was not as athletic as these guys are, you know? And I find that to be so true is when people get blessed with some sort of a talent or something that they tend to work less hard on that. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. As most of you know, I talk a lot about giving value to others. This podcast is one of the ways that I do that since all the content from the show is totally 100% for free. And when people ask me how they can add value to me, one of the ways I tell them is to head over to iTunes, hit the subscribe button and leave a rating and review. This not only gives me valuable feedback on what you think about the show, but it also helps me with Apple's algorithm. So please, 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 if you have not done that yet, head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review for the show. It adds tremendous value and it only takes a minute or two of your time. Also, if you have not yet registered for my live event out here at Top Golf behind MGM in Las Vegas this coming November, then you're going to want to head to buildyournetworklive.com to do that right away. Seating is extremely limited, so you need to act fast on this. Head to buildyournetworklive.com to grab your ticket today. Trust me, you are going to want to be a part of this inaugural live event so that in 10 years from now, you can brag about being one of the founding members. Plus, you know me, I promise I will over deliver on value and make it worth way more than you are going to invest to get here. So have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.